Welcome to Bullish, where we talk about the journey and process to build ourselves and companies into multi-billion dollar people and brands. Currently, my business and investment funds have done tens of millions in revenue. And this is the documentation of the journey to scale to the billion dollar realm. All while we give back and do good in the world. My name is Bridger Pennington and welcome to Bullish. All right, people, welcome back to the show. Today we got with us, George Chanos. George, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Well, thank you for having me. Good to be here. This is going to be a fun time. I actually got your book here, um, The Millennial Samurai. We met a few months ago at a, an event, um, at Ryan Panetta's event, actually. We talked, we had lunch together. We talked, you gave me this book. I've actually read, well, I kind of skipped around if that's okay, but I read, you do an incredible job at walking through kind of what the next 10, 20, 30 years could look like and what emerging technologies are coming out. I, I skipped to those chapters because I was really curious about you because we were talking at lunch. I was like, I got to just skip. So I skipped there. Sorry, I skipped some of the previous chapters, but it was very insightful, very intriguing. So I'm excited for today's call. Now, um, I, I know people people probably already know you around. They follow you around, but you've done a lot um, recently in the NFT crypto space. You're the former attorney general of the Nevada state. You've done an uh, incredible business career. Any, um, you know, you want to give us a 30 second, just highlight thumbnail of you and your life and background? Yeah, so essentially I'm a, um, a problem solver. Um, so a com uh, I've spent the last 30 years as an attorney and as an advisor to companies, advising individuals, um, high net worth individuals, businesses, uh, corporate executives about their problems, whatever those problems might have been, and trying to help them find solutions, um, typically business and legal problems. Um, and, you know, so recently, um, I've focused my attention more on, uh, the larger problems that are affecting society as a whole. And, uh, that came about through a variety of circumstances, had a heart attack, began writing a letter to my daughter, ultimately evolved into a book of advice for young people, uh, sent me on a new direction of starting to, take a look at what was going to happen over the next 30 years in order to be able to advise my daughter, my nephews and nieces, and uh, ultimately here today, speaking and writing about the future. Hmm. I love it. Well, let's, let's, uh, let's dive in and unpack a few things. So um, everyone's got the same question. What does the future hold? But uh, <laughs> we'll kind of unpack this. I read an incredible book. I don't you might've read it as well, but the future is faster than you think. Um, it was written a few years ago by a couple of great guys out of Silicon Valley. They essentially just talk about, they talked about 10 emerging technologies that were coming out right now. And there may be, in your opinion, maybe more, maybe a little bit less than that, but they talked about these emerging technologies and the convergence. What's interesting right now is the convergence of technologies. Cause in yeah. the past we've had like one technology take off. And it's been really cool. Like the printing press took off and it was really cool. And it helped society right now. We're having 10 essentially printing presses take off at the exact same time. And they're all helping one another at an exponential rate. Yeah. And so do you want to unpack that concept for us of what's currently happening? We're filming this in 2023 right now, kind of what's happening right now in the world. Yeah. So um, essentially, well, there are a lot of things that are happening in the world and a lot of them are related to the technological revolution that you're talking about. So um, it is this convergence of, uh, a myriad of technologies that are going to amplify one another. And uh, for example, um, you know, Moore's Law, we're all familiar with Moore's Law. And um, one of the most profound things- like com about Computer chips compound about every 18 months, they double. And they've been doubling yeah. ever since they kind of came out, which is pretty interesting. To just yeah, don't yeah. Know. Gordon, Moore, Gordon Moore at Intel basically said 50 years ago, 
that computing power would double every 18 months and have in cost. And that has happened reliably for the last 50 years. What we're seeing today is um, something uh, that's very different than that. And so uh, the multiplying effect is, is much greater than um, doubling every 18 months. Um, so, for example, uh, recently I was reading about glass information storage, mm, and okay. this was just several months ago, and uh, glass information storage where you could have a glass disc that would hold 3,000 times what a typical CD would hold, right? And these glass information discs were uh, said to be the, you know, the storage technology for the future. Well, mm. today um, they've uh, got diamond information disks and mm. the diamond information disks um, don't hold 3000 times a CD. They hold the equivalent of a billion Blu-ray disks wow, and, okay. and, and, and they're red with lasers in um, the glass information disks are red with lasers in five dimensions. The, the diamond information disks I imagine are also red with lasers in God knows how many dimensions, huh. and um, they're they're able to um, store that made mass. out of diamonds. Then, like his diamond, uh, the main apparently, material? yeah, diamond. Whether it's diamond dust or diamond fragments, or huh. you know, um, and so in any case, the uh, the the level of of multiple multiplication. We now have a computer, the Frontier computer, that calculates at one quintillion calculations per second, and. Hmm. Uh, we've got guys like Yuval Noah Harari speaking at the World Economic Forum and basically saying that organisms are algorithms and that all we need to hack the uh, human organism is data, can, uh, uh, bi primarily biometric data and computing power. Mm -hmm. And we're getting very close on the computing power end of things. And we have the data, we just need to aggregate the data. When you aggregate that data and you feed it into these supercomputers and they're calculating at these levels, um, the, the amount of information that they're able to extrapolate is something that no human being is, is able to be, you know, to do. And so um, what you're going to have quickly is, is essentially the singularity, that moment in time when machine intelligence is going to eclipse human intelligence. And hmm. Hawking called that the greatest event in human history. And uh, uh, Ray Kurzweil at, uh, at Google says that we can expect that as early as 2029. Um, that's six years away. Yeah, some, that's that's some, freaky. Yeah, <laughs> very, very freaky. And what's, what's really, what's even more profound is the rate at which that technology will multiply post-singularity. So mm. once we hit that, that uh, moment, that magic moment, um, over the next 20 years, um, not even over the next 20 years, he says by the 2040s, so 2029 for the singularity, 2040s is really only an additional 10 to 15 years away. And he's mm -hmm. talking about uh, compute, uh, artificial intelligence not being our equal, but being a billion times, a billion times more capable than human intelligence. So what does that mean? 
I, I, I can't tell you. I don't think anybody, <laughs> I don't think anybody can tell you. Yeah. Hey, hey, what's going on, people? Hope you're enjoying the show. This is Bridger Pains in here. So if you like the show so far, if you're more of a visual learner, we actually post almost all of these to YouTube. So if you go look me up, Bridger Pennington on YouTube, we're there. We actually have a ton of different content on funds and different business structure and strategy stuff that we kind of don't touch on on the podcast, but are more visual based stuff. So if you're a visual learner, go to YouTube and go check me out, Bridger Pennington on YouTube. With that, we'll get back to the show. Thanks, guys. On the singularity, how how do we even know the singularity takes place? I'm actually been curious about that question. Like, is it like a moment in time? Like, okay, it's finally happened. Because I think people, some people would call it earlier, call it later. Like, what what would you say would be the moment in time we'd know? Well, that's so. That's uh, that's that's an interesting question. Um, the uh, the idea is, I guess you know, there was a Google engineer who recently testified to Congress. I was going to bring this up to you. Yeah. So, what are your yeah. thoughts on that? Yeah. 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 And he said uh, that uh, he believed that the computer that he was interacting with and training was sentient, and that it had feelings, and um, that Congress should be you know, investigating the appropriate level of protections and, you know, what do we do with this sentient, this new sentient being? And, and his supervisors at Google said, no, you know, uh, we just designed it that way to make you think that it's sentient. And we did such a good job that it fooled, you know, the researcher, um, but it's not actually, uh, you know, sentient. It's not actually, it doesn't actually have feelings. Yeah. And um, so, you know, first of all, you, you, when will it happen and when will we know uh, raises the question, you know, has it happened and do yeah. we already know, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, or, or, or is, uh, um, is some conversation that's <laughs> going to take place between one of these computers and one of these researchers at some point going to be acknowledged by everyone. Uh, and it, it seems that's going to be the way this is going to be, you know, ultimately revealed. Uh, is that uh, there will be a consensus around the um, sentient nature of the computer. Mm, interesting, very interesting. Um, I want to switch gears for a second. I, I was reading a paper and I want to get your thoughts and we'll, and we'll kind of dive into these, one of these topics. Um, but I love this idea of the technologies converging. Another example, I read a, white, uh, a paper on where, where are the flying cars? It's like 50 years ago, all of everyone said, oh, we're going to have, by the 2020s, we'll have flying cars. And actually right now they're kind of working on a ton of, we'll talk about that in a second, but, and um, they went, you know, this whole paper digested why we don't have flying cars because we don't have enough um, fast enough internet capabilities. We don't have enough computing power to track how to move things and enough AI to watch where to move. But all of a sudden now you have computers at a fast enough rate. You have 5G technology that can move that, that speed of information fast enough and couple that with AI that can then program flights and where to fly and move between other, you know, flying drones. And all of a sudden there's about a hundred startups or more launching essentially flying drone cars or flying planes, whatever type of model they're doing. If you've yeah. seen some of those Uber invests, I think $300 million into a flying uh, drone, flying car project yeah. to kind of just iterate listeners, the example of convergence, all of a sudden we have a convergence of technologies and all these entrepreneurs, like finally we're here Let's and there's like literally a hundred startups now going after this space, which is so cool. Yeah, flying taxis are a um, uh, a, a strong likelihood before the uh, end. Is, I, I've read what I've read is that there are some companies that are um, uh, suggesting that they may come out as early as 2024. Yep. 
Yeah, we are close. I I've been, uh, there's these flying motorcycles. I keep, keep seeing on ads that you can buy one right now. And they're, you know, you can fly them and they have prototypes. They're ready to go. And Dubai has just ordered a bunch of bikes. So then, but then you start to think, and then you think about the compounding effect of that. So then it's like, and I'd love for you to hear your thoughts, but the compounding effect of that is if you can have a, ta- a flying taxi or a flying drone car, all of a sudden, like D- Dubai wants to order them for their police officers so they can fly over traffic and, and like paramedics can fly over traffic and then pick yeah. up somebody and fly them home. But then it's like, well, if we all used it, we wouldn't need really roads and we could live in different. So real estate gets shaken up because then all of a sudden, a lot of real estates around maybe a, a central hub of a, you know, a freeway or something, all of a sudden you can live in different parts of town that maybe weren't used before, but all of a sudden real estate can change very quickly. Um, I, I saw another report, a third of metropolitan areas are dedicated to parking right now. All of a sudden, if you don't need parking, cause taxis are just picking you up and dropping you off. All of a sudden you have a, essentially a, a third of real estate comes available in Manhattan or in LA that you can now use, which is pretty interesting. I, I'm curious. So then you have this next effect of the compounding effects after of the conversions. That's where your mind starts going crazy. I'd love to hear a few other thoughts from your examples from there. Yeah. So on, on the compounding effect, uh, the best book that I've read in that area is called The Spatial Web um, by Gabriel Byrne and Dan Mapes. And essentially it talks about what you're talking about, which is the interconnectivity of all of these various technologies. Um, the spatial web envisions trillions of sensors that are connected to everything, right? So everything from uh, your watch to the glass in the restaurant on, on, on the dining table uh, has a sensor. Roads have sensors, Airline, airplanes have sensors. Um, and so what happens is that these sensors talk to each other and, and through their communication, they create increased efficiencies, right? So just like a UPS truck is now guided in, uh, by AI in terms of its route to maximize the efficiency of travel of that vehicle, yeah. um, or Uber vehicles are mapped out and, and, um, uh, um, redirected, uh, depending on traffic. And so that interconnectivity of information, um, will allow increased efficiencies. And according to, um, Byrne and Mapes, what they're saying is that they're expecting a 10 X of the global GDP and that, wow. that it could move from, uh, 80 to hundred trillion dollars to 10 times that. And that this is driven by just so much connectivity across the world, driven by the increased efficiency that results from that connectivity. So if you've got uh, if you've got sensors on bridges um, that tell you, you know, what nut and bolt needs to be addressed as Mm, opposed to all of them needing to be addressed, how much does that save in time and energy and resources? Right. Um, If you have uh, grain shipments and you can tell the heat of the container inside the shipment um, and trigger some type of a cooling mechanism when it's needed um, and, you know, in colder climates, not have it triggered um, or in colder on on, uh, cooler days, not have it triggered. um, How much efficiency can you create with that? And, And the multiplying effect of that global increase in efficiency is what they're talking about as creating this 10x multiplier of the global GDP. 
which their belief is creates a level of, of abundance that allows you to solve the world's problems like global hunger and um, uh, you know, uh, healthcare and issues like that. Hmm. Um, sensors, sensors in our bodies. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, you're driving down the road and uh, you're about to have a heart attack. And before you realize it, the watch that you're wearing picks up uh, the irregular heartbeat and, and understands that this is uh, emblematic or symptomatic of a heart attack and, and redirects the vehicle. The watch actually speaks to the vehicle, communicates with the vehicle and tells it to uh, go to the nearest hospital. And uh, they identify, you know, the, the vehicle identifies the hospital, routes you and sends you and then makes an announcement to you that this is all taking place, you know, without your command. It's, yeah, it's, just, it's yeah. just automatic. Ah, this is so interesting. Hey, hey guys, hope you're enjoying the show. Now, as you know, we don't run advertisements on this channel. We just spread this by word of mouth. So if you can, please rate and review the show. If it's benefited your life anyway, please drop that down below. I actually love reading them. I love seeing what people say and share and stuff. So if you guys can, if you, this show has helped you in any way, shape or form, please rate and review and share this with a friend or two that may benefit their life. We do this just to help more people understand this game that we're playing.